Buenos Nachos Amigos, and welcome to Halujuku, a East Asian pop culture podcast with a couple of friends that we're up to that are up to no good. I don't uh I'm Petey Rave, your man with no plan. Here with me is my tactic partner, my partner in crime, the one and only Brandon Cooper, aka King Cass. How you doing, Cass? I'm doing well. Yeah, we're here. Talk about stage and pop culture. Talk about K-pop and more. Uh, you know, talk about the things that are you know going on. Uh, of course, we start off every episode talking about what's new. Talk about what's caught our attention since we last gathered. Uh, this time it hasn't been an entire month, uh, so it's only about a week's worth. So we have a nice little like concise list of songs, which is really good. Uh, Kaz. Why don't you start us off? What, what what's caught your attention since we last hung out? Uh, so this so uh, a couple of things caught my attention, um, but I, I I built my list in hype order. So uh, this first one, uh, kilograms featuring uh, Kisim and Don Mills, Ice Box, uh, bringing back that hit from the nineties. But yeah, no, uh, it's fun. We, we've talked about Kilograms before. Kilograms has a very unique voice. So anytime you're introduced to Kilograms, if, you, if you've if you never heard about Kilograms, he does not look like what you expect him to sound like. And I think that's part of the fun um, about him. And he's also just kind of really, he he does songs really well. The songs that that he does are, are, are definitely done with fun and some creativity in them. And this one definitely kind of has that. It has some creativity to it and it's really fun. So yeah. I like it. It's fun. It's chill. As it were. Yeah. Chill. Icebox. Yeah. Uh, it's fun. It's pretty chill. It's like, uh, it, it's, it's catchy. Uh, like it's a cool, like summer track, uh, with you know, this fitting. Uh, it's, it also has the extra fun part of, uh, it, it, people who judge hip hop solely on its hardness would absolutely hate this, and that makes me happy. <laughs> so, uh, I, I think I think this is a fun part. I think uh, I, I wish there was a, a little bit more of a showcase for Kisum, but yeah, she she does her her part as far as like a, being the the hook uh, singer. Uh, also, well, yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, I like that Don Mills uh, recorded his entire contribution separately from everybody. Else. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he definitely was not. He definitely was an additive to this video. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh shit, uh, we need to record your part. Oh yeah, all right, uh, all right. Let's do this part inside. All right, let's go outside and film the rest. Okay, cool. <laughs> let's go. Looks let's nothing go. like what this video looks like, but yeah, no, it works. It's not, fine. Not the same camera. Not, not the same camera, not the same lighting. Uh, they literally shot it inside the they probably the inside the agency office and on the roof. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, uh. but gotta give him credit. At least showed up. He showed up to a music video shoot. He didn't show up to the music video shoot, but at least he showed up to <laughs> a music video shoot. Uh, so it definitely, it's definitely, but it's definitely fun. Um, yeah. I I could do without the Don Mills part. It's not terrible, but it is it, much as the feature in the video is. It seems very tacked on. It seems like out of, out of place. Yeah, bit, yeah. Don Mills walked Kisum. past, heard that beat, and was like, "Oh, let me let me wrap something on that." And everybody was like, "Well, oh, sure, <laughs> like, yeah. like, okay." Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and now it's just there. Um, all right, moving on to I I, I so. The the kilograms key something is what it is, right? I think this is a better version of what you wanted from that, which is Loco and Hasa from Mamamoo. My girl, don't Hasa. Uh, Hasa don't above the li- above live. Um, this is such a good back and forth male female rapper vocalist track. And I think this is kind of what you're you're alluding to in that 
what you wanted more from the the kilograms kind of keysome collaboration like well, this I, is I that full-on collaboration stuff, but, but i still love this I yeah but i just mean mean more of that collaboration of what both yeah. those people are really good at right and that's what this is right this is taking two people who are really good at something and then bringing that together in yeah. in the realms of what they're good at yeah uh yeah and, and they both shine really well i think Hwasa is just you know it's part of what uh, make mama moo great and you know i love mama moo i've been right behind me mm-hmm. uh, as you can see uh and she's a big part of what makes them great which is her 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 vocal color and her vocal ability uh and it fits really well into this style that that uh this song does you know, with uh loco uh yeah it just it just is is nice and, like sultry and and chill <laughs> like mm-hmm. yeah no it 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 just has such a good like vibe and feel to it and i and like i said i loved the back and forth like this is definitely it, it, it might sound weird to a lot of people in in some kind of way but if you if you look at it and and designated as what it is it's definitely a song that's meant to be performed alive which they have done a bunch already on different um programs and things like that they've done this song and that's where it plays really well it plays so well with them on a stage playing off of each other and i think that's what it's all about so i really really enjoyed the fuck out of this like i, I like loco mama moo is pretty good for me too so like you mix that flavor together Thumbs yeah. up from thumbs up from me. Yes, put that flavor in the ear. Uh, yeah. yeah, but last but not least, last but not least, last but not least is uh, a track I kind of came across. Um, I I'd definitely been talking about trying to get back into Japanese K-pop, and like a like a sign from the heavens, the clouds parted, and this track was bestowed upon me. So this is Beach uh non non tie up um so if you, if you're very unfamiliar with the japanese k-pop scene as i am this is bish who have been around since i think 2014 2015 yeah um but which people who stands brought you beasts <laughs> beasts yeah. uh brand new idol shit um some of their other tracks eh there's some good ones there's some bad ones but this is a motherfucking standout bro like, I love this track. I just love it from just the opening tone of it. I love those, like, strings. Um, there's definitely a lot of copy-and-pasted graphics in this from whatever <laughs> premiere pack they bought, but I don't give a fuck. Yes. The video is awesome. The song is awesome. I love the costumings. I love the colorization. I love everything about it. I love their vocals. Yes, it's like the, the, the and I definitely love their song. attitudes in the song. Like, yeah, it is definitely yeah, it's definitely cyberpunky. Cyberpunk After Effects pack. You know, it's like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it works well. It has like a nice gravitas to it and a nice like intensity to it. Uh, I think uh, that's really solid and and like has a nice musicality to it. Uh, the, the they they've always been the like. Uh, I was I'm the guy who did beasts, but I want to kind of do something a little bit more I don't know aggressive rather than that you know like so it's like let let me do something where they're just yelling at you and like doing this but in and like idols yelling at you uh, yeah <laughs> and I think it works and and of course this is my observation from like limited up op- limited exposure to to either beasts yeah. or beach uh, but I, it's cool I definitely say this song. And a few of their other ones come out of this kind of new age of bandmade and other groups getting a lot of push off of the baby metal just domination yeah. of of music. <laughs> like yeah. not even a specific just just music. Yeah. Uh baby metal has kind of dominated and in in a sense they've brought about kind of a different sound and flavor to to idol stuff that that is now mixing in a lot of metal 
elements. Um, I, I give Bandmade a lot of credit in, in my eyes, in my opinion, as just being kind of natural to what their process is. They're, they're, I think Bandmade and their uptick would have existed no matter what. You know? Yeah. I think the sound in this, if you go and listen to a lot of other Bish songs, is is trying to find that sound, trying to find that sound. This is still part of their process of trying to find a sound that creates a hit for them. Yeah. I think this is really good. Um and in what I'm liking out of Japanese K pop right now. I mean Japanese pop right now. Um We talked about Japanese K pop, it was Cookie Jar by Red Velvet last week. Yeah. Last week. Um but I, I, I don't know. I, I, I kind of poo-pooed it at first as everybody being a me too to to the idol rock thing. Um, but there's so many elements in this. Just like there's some operatic moments in this. There's some there's some straight up J-pop mixture in this. Yeah. And I think it all works well together. And I think that's something that you have to take advantage of. I think in and I like I said. I haven't really been paying attention to the Japanese music scene, but I think we're getting away from the the process and the the system of what everything has to sound like, and things are trying to be a little bit more creative, even still so in a system. Yeah, but the, I, I like so many elements of this song, and and I may not be one hundred percent on this group. I might be one hundred on this song, but fuck it, it, it's a moment and it hits, and I think it's something they should run with. Yeah, I think it, it's definitely, uh, well, this is all true of, let's say, specifically in the idol scene, because uh, yeah. Japan is a huge uh, music market with, I think, uh, with a lot of diverse artists. I think we, we, we don't scratch the surface enough uh, on the show, just because it's, it's, it's hard to get into uh, their, their music scene, but... Uh, but yeah, this is definitely an interesting development in the idol scene, specifically. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, speaking of uh, uh, interesting developments in the idol scene, I guess, I don't know. Uh, just fishing for a segue there. Uh, <laughs> I'm moving forward to my, my uh, end of the list. I just have a few songs here. Uh, so, A-Pink are back after a good chunk of time being away, uh, like doing their own thing and being away and Kind of like, uh, I don't know, just doing things as one does late in their career. Uh, they're back with their seventh mini album, as it says in the opening Frozen uh, moment in the in the video, uh, with a song called uh, I'm So Sick, Ido uh, Apsa. And it's f- for, for a group that had f- settled into a specific sound and kind of recycling a specific, you know, a spe- a kind of a safe sound the main thing that's notable about this is that it is definitely a departure from the norm for a pink uh they kind of like do mm-hmm. an interesting take on at this point a little bit of a late take but of an interesting take nonetheless on the tropical house sound a little bit uh i think there's a lot to like about this song uh in the sense that at least it's like you know it's a change of pace it has a nice energy to it uh it's not mind-blowing just on it you know it's not in a vacuum it's not the the most interesting song uh but i i I think it's a quality song and it's a nice it's a nice switch up uh of mood and of style uh and it's nice to see them kind of uh, switch up their 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 concepts a little bit Mm -hmm. not saying with the safe thing yeah um, like I've always, I always enjoy a pink, but for me, and 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 like you said, this definitely has a sound that is more modern, but it's also still kind of behind the boat in K-pop because this is a sound everybody else has already explored, um, and it and it does sound interesting coming out of a pink, like you said, who has always kind of probably after their debut right whereas after their debut and probably second mini album where is where i find them the kind of the most creative they've kind of played a traditional game yeah um when it when it comes to being musical um 
So hopefully this means they're more pushing towards the future. I still love the way A-Pink sounds. I love their vocals. I like a lot of that. But this track definitely for me right now is very pedestrian. Yeah. Like, it's not... I, I, like, I always say things like that, and then I always have to follow it up with, like, I'm never expecting anyone to reinvent the wheel, but I kind of want you to try to reinvent the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I I, I do appreciate creativity in, in your sound and things like that. Yeah, I think, honestly, the main thing is I wanted it to, to pop a little bit more. Like, wanted to, like... yeah. Like have a little bit more of a bang. Uh, that being said, it, I think it's a good song, and I think they they look great. Uh, yeah. That's the main thing. Because uh, there's there's a couple of like I don't I don't want to drag this out because it's A Pink, but like I feel like A Pink has really strong vocalists, and I think the thing you said has is what made me not pay as much attention to them is because I feel like they didn't use them because they decided to just kind of play the safe game and always go with a song that they would think would work rather than playing to their vocal abilities and like trying some vocal gymnastics or just being really strong vocally like you know yeah, eh. yeah. um all right moving forward to to the next song just a couple uh uh momoland speaking of speaking of uh uh on the opposite spectrum Sticking to a sound that works, uh, which honestly, this is just a follow up to a single song that that went to a hit. So, almost kind of like I'm gonna sing the praises of this song, even though it's kind of just a copy and paste. But I think it works in in a sense, just because like you know, it was the second song in this in this uh, uh you know, kind of a, a follow up to their big hit. Uh, but yeah, Mobileland, yeah, with their song Bam, Bam. Uh, follow up to Boom Boom. Uh, it's it's another electro swing track. It's Shinsadong Tiger. Uh, in many ways, kind of following up on what works about Boom Boom, and in many ways, kind of invoking like some of his older stuff, like you know, old school Tiara jams. Uh, namely th- songs like Lovey Dovey, kind of like invoking that, especially with the shuffle dance. Uh, yeah, I think. It, it, but overall, I think it's just a really fun track. Uh, it is, it, in this instance, until, you know, right now, as they're kind of like establishing the follow up to their big breakout hit, having the immediate follow up release kind of be just a, a slight variation follow up. But with the still of a similar sound is okay, uh, you know you don't want to do that do that too many times. But having this just kind of like establish that that same sound is okay yeah. mainly right now, uh, especially because kind of like it's a follow up to this particular track. I think it works. It's a fun track. It's it's super catchy. Uh, it has some some memetic moments in the in the music video. Uh, the shuffle dance is cool. Uh, the the fact that they they they, they replaced uh boom 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 boom's uh, dabs uh with the with the shoots is it a girl group uh, a a catchy upbeat girl group incorporating shoots. Also, the rap break pretty much sounds like Nancy's uh in uh no wait no it's Daisy sorry Daisy uh is pretty much invoking this is America. <laughs> like this is, she's basically trying wrapping that rap breakdown like this is America. Uh but overall I think it's just fun. Uh what what did you think, Kaz? Um I enjoyed it. It was fun. I, I, I kinda like the electro electro swing sound on girl groups. Um I, I, I think it, it plays well and you can have fun with it if you're willing to, to play it and they were willing to play it and have fun with it so stuff like this is always interesting while i also agree it does almost come across a little odd but i think it's one of those things that play better when you understand kind of the theme yeah you know what i mean like the boom boom bam um so if you if you kind of keep that theme in mind it plays really well but 
we we've talked about this before we've talked about how kind of the asian music industry moves slow sometimes yeah. so whereas this should have been an instant follow-up like i mean i would have loved like one video to drop and then like a week later another video to drop like i think it's been like almost it's been a little while between these videos so yeah um I think it hits better if it's instantaneous rather than waiting, yeah. which yeah. is what you know, which is what you do in Asian music. You kind of wait. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, overall, fun song. Uh. But yeah, moving forward. Uh. Kind of just only touching on that. Moving forward. Uh. My next track. Uh. So I I'd been meaning to kind of point out the fact that I kind of gone back to check out UNB, the male counterpart uh the male uh group to come out of the unit as i talked about in the past i had been per, per, uh paying a lot more attention to unity the female uh mm-hmm. a counterpart the female uh, half of it um mainly because i had a bit more of like people that i liked and people that i knew from before whereas a lot of the guys were either from groups i wasn't really familiar with or like i i think starting i think before the show i could probably out of this list of guys i would have named one guy as the guy that i had knew of and that was field off uh-huh. <laughs> and that's from like watching like let's go dream team and some of these like sports shows i knew him as the athlete that i, I think supposedly was in a boy group or is in a boy group but i i wasn't i wasn't as familiar with big star but um i had and I think for some reason, and I think if, I, I've, I definitely feel bad that I hadn't like stopped to check out their tracks. Uh, I had checked out their their I think one of the previous tracks, and I, I enjoyed it. I think I, the only reason I hadn't brought it up was because of, you know there was just like in all the different episodes since then, there's been a lot of tracks to talk about, and that kind of got boxed out. But I wanted to talk about this one, Black Heart. The one they came out with uh, recently, just you know, a couple a couple days ago, uh, and and say so it's it's really solid track. It's a really solid boy group track. I think there's a lot to like about it musically. There's a lot to like about like their performance and their style. Uh, they have solid vocalists uh, and solid like fantastic performers. Um, the the song has a nice like theatricalness to it. Uh, in a sense and it has a nice like uh energy to it and yeah and the video kind of matches it really matches it well uh if you look at the video and think man i could have sworn that the, the unit was about forming nine member groups um there, there seems a lot more dudes than nine there is <laughs> because uh they brought in a few of the other contestants to kind of like uh do some you know to be in the uh in the video and into the performances as, as support kind of like flesh out the choreography kind of have it give it a little bit more of a yeah. of a size and, and a uh an epicness i guess to be backup dancers essentially but they you know kind of like they wanted backup dancers but let's bring in some of the guys from the show to kind of like you know it'd be a fun thing to to to, to have as part of the comeback uh but yeah overall a really solid track i don't know what what did you think has um okay uh, it, it is solid in its in its makeup but it is very also forgettable um because it is just it's it's the the very essence of k-pop it's very produced it's here's your part here's your part here's your part here's the the group part the the best thing about this i think like you said is the performance of it yeah. um it's definitely the choreography it is very fun is very theatrical is very big stage style stuff which is i think what you want from a, a group like this in that sense which is why you said like you had the the filling out of having more people there to make it seem bigger and and more more grand um than it actually is but i i, I don't have a problem with it but it's definitely not not something I find super duper special. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's definitely understandable. I think I think yeah, it's uh, it's it's not 
not yeah i think it works well and i've I've been enjoying listening to it and and, and mainly i have been enjoying watching the performances i think that's the main focus yeah the performances are just super solid and and kind of fun to watch uh and it's been cool to kind of see them support this group post show uh I yeah just hope, i'm just hoping for uh i'm looking forward to uh unity's next track if they do get one uh which i should hopefully hopefully they get an, uh, something else really solid for them as well uh but this another i'm gonna definitely try to make sure i also pay pay attention to unb the the dudes the boys uh but yeah moving forward uh last track uh, nothing major to say here just uh, this last one it's a little bit out of left field uh not you know not k-pop at all not even close to that uh it's a really cool little indie group called uh decadent uh this they came out with a their self-titled album uh including a, a music video for their song disease or byung uh it's a very cool weird kind of like uh artsy video and song uh they call themselves mm-hmm. uh, rather than a band they call themselves an arts collective you know for for how yeah. fun that is mainly because part of their live performances is live painting on top of just their performance which is really cool which is cool i think like it's it makes for like a cool experience i i would like to uh, check out um i think that the song is solid the song i think if i were to describe it, it is has elements of like indie rock alternative and like jazz in some senses it's like I almost want to call this like track, especially like this track in the video and this experience, as if like, what if Radiohead listened to jazz sometimes? <laughs> like, <laughs> like you know, it's like it's it's very much evocative of what like Radiohead would do, but like in Korean, obviously. Uh, and I think it works. Uh, I think it's really solid and really cool. And I I, I might end up bringing this album because I've been I've listened to a few of the tracks and they're definitely fascinating. I might bring this album to to the guys at Record Breakers. Uh, I don't know. Well, what what do you think, Kaz? Um, it's definitely artsy, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Like, I I mean, it's very artistic, and I like that about it. Um, I I feel like um, I'm trying to think like the best way to put it. Like, I just feel like it definitely has this air about it that that makes it fun and makes it interesting and makes it like something to grasp onto yeah. uh and just really feel the vibe of like it's a very vibey kind of track you know it's definitely like something you kind of just vibe out to and have fun with yeah uh, so yeah so check out uh decadent uh and yeah check out that album it's on spotify it's a bunch of places uh, there's also a review on Korean Indie, if you want to go check it out, which is the reason I want to thank Korean Indie, and by extension, obviously Asian Junkie, uh, for, for letting me know about this album, because they have a full review on Korean KoreanIndie.com, I think. Uh, but yeah, the, the review's up there somewhere. Uh, so check that out, their thoughts on the whole album, and check out the album. Uh, but yeah, that's it for what's new. We're going to skip on over to our headline segment so see you on the flip side welcome ladies and gentlemen to our headline segment where we talk about the topical topics and things that are going on in the world of east asian pop culture I'm your anchor man, uh, Pete Rave, Pete Burgundy. I don't know. Uh, we're here to talk about some topics. Talk about some things going on. I wanted to first highlight yep. a really cool article. Uh, uh, really cool article uh, from the website Cult Scene, Cult with a K. Uh, it's an article called De- "Debunking the Factory Narrative." K-pop's authenticity and shifting gender politics. Uh, I'm not going to go through the entirety of the article. It's an, it's uh, it's somewhat lengthy, not too lengthy, but somewhat lengthy. Uh, but it goes nice. It goes nice in depth. It's mostly like reaction to a couple things. Specifically, uh, talk about you know back in the day when 
like fine bros' videos on kids reacting to K-pop and things like that, and kind of like the whole narrative around K-pop in the West, and the whole like soulless, uncreative music factor, pop music factories uh, being the entirety of how K-pop works. Um, yeah. And I think it does a really good job, uh, and I encourage everyone to go give it a little read. Uh, does a really good job of kind of having a nice balanced look of saying, hey, it's more than just that. There are, yes, there are, there are issues. <laughs> it's not perfect. Uh, but, you know, it is very similar to other pop music industries in that respect. Uh, there are unique challenges and issues like we've talked about <laughs> countless times here on the show. Uh, but, you know, like I think one of the more, more I think one of the more telling lines, I like the, the this sentence that I caught my eye as uh, this uh, factory narrative, however, is more reductive than it is factual. Uh, it dismisses thousands of singers, dancers, artists, producers, managers, stylists, technicians, air and our teams and designers as industrial robots with no independent agency. Um, which I think I think that's like the the crux of the 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 article, and I think it does a good job of debunking that while also not obviously not sounding like it's just it's just a a a uh, like a a shill fest for the industry or anything like that. It does criticize the industry rightfully so. Um, I don't know. Well, what what were your thoughts on the article? I, I I like the overall kind of tenant of the article. I don't know how much I I like it. Starting with talking about like the fine, like the whole like that that version of the React thing. It's very secular to start there. It it's taking the uncultured and then showing them something, right? So you obviously most of the time, unless you have. Right, because a lot of reaction channels are people in the know reacting to things that they know. Right, it's very rarely and only in that that mix where it's people not of the know taking a very popular culture thing and showing it to more people not of the know. You know what I mean? But it goes to 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 bring the point that I do like, where you say once you know you your understanding becomes different um and i i also kind of we we struggle with it here on this show a lot with the 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 presented narrative and then when we dig down into the narrative and we always say it's hard because you want to support the people you like in their creativity, which is usually the artist. The thing that you're damning is the industry overall and how they handle everything else, right? So, and they go to point out really great examples of like G-Dragon um, and a bunch of other groups who who are very known to take their creativity, their style, their fashion, their thing into their own hands and then use that in a sense to present it to the world. The thing we damn is that there's still gatekeepers in the Korean music industry. Whereas here in America, we're getting to the point where we're getting away from the gatekeeping. And now it's more direct to consumer. It's more directly to the fan as the gatekeeper of, is this good enough for me to support? Um, Korea still has that struggle no matter what. It still has that struggle where there's a gatekeeper that you have to impress first before you're allowed to impress the world. Yeah. Um, there are people and doing I, things like getting on SoundCloud, and, but it's still like... Yeah, yeah. still like but one or it's two not, people. And it's, it's, it's not where we are here in America or yeah. in Europe. You know what I mean? Where, where probably maybe a certain a higher percentage of people who are making music now started on youtube started on soundcloud started on those those platforms yeah like uh yeah uh, it, it, there are little glimpses of hope 
of like people just yeah. deciding to just do their own thing and just like go away from it. And and there there's but, going to be more of that as we go. You know what I mean? But we're still in that transitional period. Is what yeah. is is what it's I'm still, it's still, getting it's back still to. Still nascent. It's still yeah. It's still young. And yeah, but the important thing is to understand that that there's. There's more to it than just what, yeah. what it seems like. I, I kind of almost I kind of almost put this era of the Korean music industry to the music industry in the eighties and nineties for us here in America. Um and, and kind of almost in the Motown era too, where sometimes you have these groups that form naturally. And they they push for it, and then you get to these gatekeepers, and they're like, "Oh, if you looked more like this, and that guy looked more like that, and we lost this guy overall, and put this guy, we got this other guy. If we put him in here, it'd be great, you know." Yeah. And sometimes you have to give in to that, and sometimes some groups do, yeah. and and they and they thrive and they flourish. Um. Or you have groups that are put together, but then they create this really strong bond, like. BTS or or in in that sense like they mentioned in this group um G Dragon and Big Bang right this is a group that was formed but took creativity in their own hands you know what i mean yeah out of their writing and producing is is of them and yeah. it's their sound and then you go to the sound that that YG as a production house originally gave them and then the sound that that you've gotten in the last couple albums, you'd you'd be like, man, there is this great growth. No, that was the sound they were given versus the sound that they wanted to produce. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and it's it's night and day. Yeah. And you have that for a lot of groups, right? Yeah. Where you go, man, that sound they were given is shit. <laughs> yeah. Like, but the sound that we got is amazing. Yeah. When people are allowed to have that creativity, and I think. Un, unintent, unbeknownst, we do that a lot in the music we pick. Like, like in all these songs that we picked this week, there's a lot of, eh, like the A Pink song, right? We know that that's not A Pink, right? That's hey, here's what the new hottest sound is. Let's put that mix on it. Let's do this. And there's probably some A Pink in there, but like, yeah. like I said, those first couple albums of A Pink, I think, are A Pink. Yeah. I think yeah, and and one so like yeah, we took a look at the couple of these things like the different you know, the breaking into creativity. You know, like yeah, the the gatekeepers, the people that manage everything. I think like the the important thing of this article specifically is like talking about how yes, there are these things and this machination, this like in the system, but it's not that much unique to 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 Korea or to you know Asia. <laughs> Uh, no. honestly, the only thing that's really unique to like Asia and Korea, sort of the idol system, is more how internalized the whole system is. Because the, the like in the West, you have artists like starting their training and getting signed at like eleven. Like Aaliyah, Aaliyah got signed at eleven. Like yeah, and like if I remember correctly, uh, like she got signed young, but but it just you know it was a hip hop label. It was a you know R&B label. Uh, you know, they, these artists, they, they get, tr they get put through and worked on and, uh, have teams behind them. Like, like the, the, like, well, I'll sum it down. Like you, like the worst thing you say about like some of these K-pop groups and, you know, they groups is say, Hey, this, this group, uh, this artist, this entity is a, is a, is a pop music machine that is that whose music and image is a is meticulously crafted by a team of writers, producers, uh, PR people, and management. Uh, but yeah, but so is Drake. So <laughs> like, literally the same thing. Like they have more. Probably Drake has more of a team behind him, including writers. Uh, so it's like it's not unique. Uh, so it, it's just it's an interesting article. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, the 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 thing that I said, like that that I'm I'm trying to like, it, it's not even like the Drake thing, right? It's it's the different eras of that, right? So you, if you compare, like I said, the the 
eighties, nineties, early aughts of Ameri- of the American music scene, it looks very similar to where the Korean music scene is now, right? Where everything is primmed and polished and and decided upon. Um and even even music that people thought wasn't like grunge and rock and things like that, right? Yeah. Like that landscape of music, a lot of it in in the American scene in that era is that of what the Korean and Asian music scene looks like, in a sense. You have some people who are standout-ish that, that really have done it on their own and, and circumvent. You have people that went through the system and then and then turned the other way. Um, and you have people who just straight burst through. Um, and then after a while, things differ. And then now we're get, like you said, now we're getting there in that Korean music scene where you have the people who are doing things on SoundCloud. You have the people who are doing things socially engineering themselves into a state where they're like, Hey, this is the sound I want you to hear. What do you think about that? And then taking the feedback from fans and in a sense, polishing their sound to be, to, to then drive back. You know, I'm just saying the polishing is now going more into the hands of the artists themselves as to how they want to polish their sound. And it's getting away from the gatekeeping. Like, like we were, we were fucking hardcore gate kept in the nineties and two thousands. Like, I love the fuck out of NSYNC, but that was some gatekeepy bullshit, brother. (laughs) It was gatekeeping as fuck. And there, there is still a system in place now for the pop machine, you know, in this, even in the West, Mm -hmm. but it just, that's not the end all be all. Like, but it's also, it's also hard, more recognizable, right? And even your Drake example, right? To a certain extent, the Drake polishing is still driven by Drake, right? It, it's it's a polish and it's a produced and it's and it's a team. And goes through. But he, in a sense, is is a driver of that force. You know what I mean? He's like, hey, I want you to work on this. Hey, I want you to work on that. You know what I mean? Like well, yeah. that that driving force, I don't mind as much as a bunch of dudes in suits going. Well, the eighteen to twenty demographic yeah. really likes when people do that. You know what I mean? Like, I I'd rather there, be the still person. There's a little bit of that. I will say with Drake, but yeah, but, but, yeah no, no, no. But your point is still valid. But, but what I'm saying is, like, it's say say that. this show itself, right? If we did it on a radio station, there'd be someone else who's like, you know what? I I really want you guys to talk about this thing because this thing is hitting right now. Whereas. We we if we really wanted to, like if we really really wanted to, we could dig down deep as to like what the fourteen and fifteen year old American K-pop fans like, and drive that for fandom. You know what I mean? And listens and 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 attack that if we wanted to, because we could decide that we wanted to do that. Yeah, but uh-huh. we're not doing it because we're for we don't we're not doing it. Because it's forced upon us. At that sense, you're doing it because you want to attack that demo. And if and that's to me, you making that decision to want to attack that demo and take that research and and look at social media and be like, what are people listening to? Okay, I wonder if I can make that kind of sound. Yeah. I can. Fucking great. Then I'm gonna do that. You know what I mean? I I appreciate that more than yg telling g dragon hey people really love island funk right now (laughs) you know what i mean like i i want g dragon to be like yo people are really in the island funk right now we need an island funk track let's you know let's we could do a fucking island funk track fuck yeah we could do an island funk track yeah Uh... it's 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 yeah it's the same thing and yeah it's probably nitpicky as fuck but I just love it when it comes directly from that person. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it's definitely uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, and before we move on, uh, I want to say uh, I did I did dig a little bit at, at you know Drake, but at the same time, if you want to, if you all are getting excited to dunk on Drake because he has ghost writers and things like that, he, here's the thing. So so did Doctor Dre. Uh, so let's move on. Uh, yeah. 
So like he's he's your the legends did too, he does too, you know, it's it's all part of the game. It's all part of the game. You know, not don't get don't get yourself all excited. But yeah, moving on. <laughs> okay, moving on to the <laughs> to the debacle that continues to be a debacle. Um, so we've been talking about this because this thing, this thing is literally it was a boulder on a cliff, and then we were like, "Man, that's gonna fall," and it fell, and we we're like, "Oh, it hit that lip." Oh no, that lipping gonna support it, and it's continue. It's just continued to roll downhill. So this is all the mix nine thing and YG. Um, if you listen to the show at all, you know where we're at. So at this point, as we said, YG tried to take a lot of advantage on who they were as a label and as a person in this whole thing. Yeah. It turned into it turned into a clusterfuck. Yeah. Um, and like we said. People people lost money, and when you when you when you lose money, you get angry. Um, so now this is where we're at. We're in the anger phase yes. <laughs> of, yeah. of this. Yeah. Um, uh, happy face and happy face yeah, being yeah, yeah, the yeah, first yeah. decided to take action. Yeah, yeah. They're they're suing YG Entertainment for the mix nine debacle. Uh, basically, kind of running down. It, it's been because of all the back and forth, and because of them. Mainly, it's for breaching contract based on the like the first agreed upon like terms as far as mm-hmm. what the group was going to debut under, uh, and then yeah. him, like changing things uh, last minute, uh, and a lot of it like uh, if you look at it like the the all, all they're asking about is for all they're asking for is like about nine grand in damages, so they're not really asking for like they're not asking for the 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 house, and they're not asking for his whole building to be torn down they just it's mostly symbolic and they go on to kind of give a great statement about it uh that happy face entertainment shared regarding the 10 million won uh quote more than to be compensated for all the damages we have received this is a symbolic amount filled in our hopes that korean popular culture the home of Hallyu, uh will progress healthily without the overuse of power by large companies uh the the agency only so explain the situation following the, mm-hmm. the program Quote, until March, nearly two months after the conclusion of the show, YG Entertainment did not mention anything to Happy Face Entertainment regarding debut preparations or plans. Although they knew the contestants' earnestness towards debuting better than anyone, they were neglected. Afterwards, YG Entertainment belatedly contacted the agencies of the top nine after being flooded with criticism by the media and fans. Uh, Then, rather than sharing debut plans as written in the original contracts, they presented changed contract terms without any discussion with the agencies. This was to extend YG Entertainment's exclusive management period from four months to three years, which was only advantageous to themselves, end quote. Happy Entertainment commented that YG Entertainment then used the agencies not agreeing as an excuse to cancel the debut, quote, although they had the responsibility to fulfill the original contract if we didn't accept the changes, YG Entertainment was unilateral all the way to the decision of canceling debut. Uh, end quote. The agency also mentions YG Entertainment's statement at the time, which said four months were not enough to prepare new music, film and music video, and practice choreography, and hold a solo concert. Happy Face Entertainment clarified, quote, the four months had been selected as the promotion period following the day of the music release, and the music preparation period was separate. <laughs> so, so basically, yeah. basically so, to, to sum up the quote, yo, that's bullshit, that's bullshit, and that's bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is a very big... Like, like like we said, right? This is a very... A very giant thing that that got out of hand. Um, and it, it involved a lot of... It, it involved too many moving parts. And people were already weary of it. And then YG tried to be like... You know, the, the carry-through. And... and I, I kind of almost respect this because, like I said, this is the anger phase, right? You could have tried to come at him hard, but Happy Face is like, "Look, I don't want to smack nobody. I just want my money back." <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> yeah. He's like, "As long as we get my money back, I ain't got to get to the slap a bitch phase." Yeah. If I, don't, if I don't get, if I don't get my money back, like I ain't even worried about the money I spent. I just want my deposit back. Yes. Like, the money I spent is whatever. I. I, I let go of that. That was a favor. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I just want my I just want my down back. Like that's all they really want. They just want their down payment back. Like Yeah, yeah. And it, and it, and it, 
knowing YG they ain't gonna give it, and then Happy Face Entertainment is gonna get to the slap a bitch phase, and that's when it gets delicious. Yes. yes. <laughs> um. I, so yeah, and they give a boilerplate response, which is not really point. Uh, it it really comes down to the fact that like they bullied these companies because uh, of YG. Because like basically, if you remember correctly, the show debuted. It it tanked. Nobody watched it. Uh, he why'd you realize that? Oh, this show isn't going to automatically carry momentum for this group on its own. I'm gonna. I would have to actually work to promote this group, even though I you know, did the show. I don't want to do this work. Um, let me let me let me do some unnecessarily <laughs> unnecessarily uh you know uh what's the word. Uh, fucking unnecessarily unfair shit to these companies, and and you know what? The I'll use their you know he knew they were gonna say no, <laughs> so he he knew who they were gonna say no, and he was gonna use the fact that they were gonna say no as an excuse to just wash his hands of the whole thing, uh, because Mix Nine failed, <laughs> like he failed, and he didn't want to admit he failed. So he's gonna put it on other people. Uh, YG needs to fail more often. <laughs> it's the only way he's gonna learn how to how to do things correctly, how to how to how to succeed. Uh, yeah, good on Happy Face Entertainment for uh, for slapping back, you know, clapping back a little bit, uh, and all the best luck to them. Uh, yeah. Uh, moving forward, speaking of agencies, uh, trying to use their, their power, uh, MBK Entertainment's trademark application for TR rejected, uh, Kipris says MBKE need TR member approval. Uh, so this is a follow-up to another debacle, uh, which is everything yeah. involving MBK Entertainment and their handling of Tiara in the late stages of their, their <laughs> time with them. Uh, basically involved with a, a, a battle over the Tiara name. Uh, them trying to trademark the Tiara name after the fact, after the group, you know, had left the, the, the members have left the agency. Uh, yeah. They were dunked on by the Korea Intellectual Property Rights Information Service. Uh, basically on June 27th, Kipris... Uh, published a national a notification of reason for refusal for MBK Entertainment's Class 41 trademark application of Tiara's name. The no- notification indicates that as per Article 34, Section 1, Item 6 of the Trademark Act, the trademark for Tiara, a well-known celebrity group, cannot be registered. Uh, yeah. This says that because this is a name of these people, you need these people's ma- basically it comes down to because this is a name that basically symbolizes these people this group of people you need these people's permission to trademark the name yeah so it's a, it's definitely been pretty interesting cuz the girls have been trying to hold on to the name um this wasn't one of those things where it was a disbandment in the the sense of like the girls didn't want to be together they still wanted to do stuff and they still want to do stuff they just want the name as well um and and between all kind of there's so much so much shit uh you, you could make a drama about all the shit between tiara and mbk entertainment um but so this is kind of going to be the thing right now this falls in the favor of tiara um there's probably going to be more litigation that happens yeah um we'll see where that then takes us in this sense, because then this can then create a precedent of something that we have we've had these situations before in the past where a group has left and wanted to hold on to the name and not been able to sometimes. Yeah. Um, but if Tiara is able to go through this litigation and win this process, that'll be a big win. Yeah. For something not, like it's that, not, it's not unprecedented to to see a group be able to leave and take their name. We have Xinhua, uh, yeah, left SM, uh, but we also have Beast, 
now known as highlight for, for, yeah. for that very reason because uh and i believe with that instance it was because uh cube owned the trademark to high to beast beforehand uh yeah so which at that point they were legally in their right to hold on to that trademark name it's still kind of but it doesn't it doesn't mean anything without those but, people you know what i mean like like but, it's so yeah. weird yeah luckily the highlight's still doing their thing and doing and they're they're not harmed for it but i'm sure they wish they could still be batoosed uh but yeah tiara uh we obviously this doesn't automatically mean tiara is going to be able to be tiara from now on that's just it's just there's still a lot more to to do that there and there's going to be a lot more to go going forward so all the best for for the ladies of tiara uh yeah writing. uh all right last article just a nice little like heartwarming update hopefully uh nothing major but you know, nice little like update uh solji said she'll be coming to japan with exid in august it's happening hopefully uh, during EXID's showcase for the Japanese debut, the members called Soji and she stated that she will be returning as five in Japan as uh, in August, as they'll be releasing uh, Up and Down, Obiare, and starting a tour around then. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, people were figuring out about Instagram, you know, things like that. Uh, but this does bode well. Uh, we don't know for sure what this means exactly, but supposedly it's 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 happening. Like this is, things are going. She's going to be back. They'll be together again as five, uh, which is nice. That which is nice. Which hopefully means that she's feeling well enough to promote and and perform, and that means a lot of good things for her, just her health in general. Um, yeah. What did you think? What are your thoughts, Kat? No, I, uh, I definitely think I, I agree. Like, I feel like hopefully, because it's just kind of been a weird, weird world with that stuff. But hopefully, this just definitely means that they can start living life again as a group. Yeah. Um, and it'll it'll just be kind of a happy thing to that because sometimes when you see these situations those persons those, those people just end up not really either they come back and it's just not the same or you know so there, there have been situations where people come back and they're just right back into it but you never know what you're gonna get so hopefully it's a situation where it comes back and they just pick up where they left off yeah especially with big time health scares yeah <laughs> um, yeah it would be scary uh but yeah Hopefully, all the best to to XID, a group that I I I absolutely love. I I have them right up here. <laughs> I look up, I look forward, and up, and they're right up there. All five of them. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, that that is a nice little fun note to end uh, this episode of Halujuku. Uh Cavs. What what what's going on in your world? What's what's going on with you? Uh, we took a week off, but just go check out sports odds and ends. Uh, I, I'm getting invigorated to talk about sports again. We've been talking about the World Cup uh, because that's been going on recently. Um, uh, hopefully, you've been paying attention to that. We're definitely going to be talking about that Japan Belgium game. It's oh. one of the most oddest fucking games. I have they ever have watched it. happen on they like I the, watching the ticker on my phone go during that game was one of the oddest things I had ever seen in my life. I damn um, near got in trouble at work for kind of glancing <laughs> at TVs that may have had the game on. Just the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have a TV it. on. I just literally had like a ticker on my phone going, and every so often Google would ping, and I'd go look, and I'm like. Huh? Oh, no, nothing happened. Huh? Oh, shit. Japan scored. Oh, shit. Japan scored again. Wait, what the fuck? And then, like, went back, looked again, and I was like, wait, it's 2-2. And it was just, it's just the weirdest fucking game that I've ever seen in my life. Like, it's one of those games that I hope uh, uh, better, better statisticians than we are, SB Nation, I hope they make something about it, because that, yeah. that had to be one of the that oddest fucking goal, things I've ever seen in my life. That goal was such a fluke goal. That, yeah. like, just... 
like that the Ephis kick, I guess almost what I yeah. call it. It's just that was just an impossible Oh, but that that being said, sports.zenz.com. Uh yeah. go check that out. Uh he's at King Kaz. Uh I'm at PD Rave. The show is at Halujuku. Uh Halujuku.com, kpoppodcast.com. Uh, Rebelli.net for this and other shows, including Record Breakers. The new Record Breakers this week. This week uh, is the BTS episode. Uh, well, didn't they tell you? Don't you know? I actually have the guys listen to uh, Love Yourself Tear. Uh, and it was a nice little fun talk about it. Uh, a lot of what you would expect about the reactions, but they were pretty positive about it. So go check out the episode, uh, recordbreakerspodcast.com. Uh, yeah, like I said, Rebelli.net. Uh, Rebellion TV on YouTube and other places. Uh, check us out where you can find podcasts. Subscribe, like, share, do all the things. Give it, give it, give it straight, Until next time, hasta los huevos. Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>